Well, good morning and Merry Christmas. I want to read to you from John chapter 1, just one verse, and then we'll jump right in. John 1, 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Now, I think that we all know what's expected of me here, that I'll read you the Christmas story and uh, be out of your hair so you can get back to your turkey, but you and I know that I do what I want to do. So, today we're going to talk about heretics. Okay, heretics kids, that is a person who believes heresy. Heresy is a belief that is not biblical about God. And so historically speaking, there are quite a few heretics that actually help us to understand better who Jesus is, but the question we're really going to ask today is, what is Jesus? So sometimes you do theology by statements of negation, by saying, Jesus is not this. So first, let's talk about Arius. We've talked about Arius a lot in our church, and I think we've got a pretty good grip on him and his teaching Arianism, but I'll lay this out for you, and it'll help us move forward a bit to further understand Uh, what happened in the Incarnation. Or in other words, when Jesus is lying in the manger, you could rightfully ask the question, what is he? First, uh, Arianism teaches that Jesus was not fully God, that he was a created being. And so Arius taught that Jesus was created uh, and, and that he wasn't of the same essence of the Father, but he was a lesser being. Now, the Council of Nicaea was held in the year 325 under Constantine, where Arius's opponent, Athanasius, taught very plainly that John taught in 114 that Jesus is the Logos, uh, the Logos from old. He was the Word from the beginning. So you remember the, uh, the introduction of John's Gospel says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so John taught that the Word in the beginning was with God, in right relationship with the Father, and was God. So when Arius came along and said, look, he's a created being, the Council of Nicaea gathered together and Athanasius argued for Trinitarian doctrine and the full deity of Jesus, that he is God. And so the baby lying in the manger is fully God. But After Arius, the question of Christology really began to be a center focus for much of Christianity. And the idea of the Word becoming flesh really confounded many thinkers. And so another important heretic arose. This is some time later, and I'm jumping and skipping at my own pleasure. But the next heretic, his name was Nestorius. Nestorius, the heretic, taught that Jesus had, if he was fully God and he was fully man, then he must have been two persons. Now, there's some historical debate about what Nestorius actually taught, but that's for another day. But for the sake of broad stroking here, Nestorianism taught that Jesus was a person and had the nature of human, and that Jesus was also a second person who had the nature God who existed in one frame. And so Nestorianism said, two persons, two natures. So Nestorianism um, was really addressed at the Council of Ephesus, where Cyril of Alexandria taught back very plainly that Jesus was one person with two natures. So when you ask the question, what is he? Nestorius said, he must be one person who is God and one person who is man living inside one body. And Cyril of Alexandria and the Council of Ephesus said, heresy, heretic. 
Nestorius becomes our next great heretic, and we realize that Jesus is, according to Nicaea, is not a created being, so he is eternally God. And from Ephesus, we realize that Jesus is not two persons with two natures existing in one frame. Now, we'll get to our last heretic on this wonderful Christmas morning, and his name was Eutychus. And Eutychus was a great fan of Cyril of Alexandria, but the only problem being that Eutychus didn't understand Cyril. And so where Cyril taught that Jesus was not two persons with two natures, but was one person with two natures, Eutychus understood Cyril to be uh, fighting against Nestorianism by saying that Jesus was one person with one nature. And so if you asked uh, Eutychus, what is he? What is this baby in the manger? What is Jesus? Eutychus would have said, he is God in a, with skin on, in a frame, in a costume. And so the heresy that was addressed at Chalcedon that Eutychus promoted was this idea that Jesus was fully God, but he was one person with one nature, only the divine nature. Now, the great problem with that being is that the Bible teaches that Jesus suffered, and God cannot suffer. The Bible teaches that Jesus was tempted with sin, but it also says in Hebrews that God cannot be tempted with sin. And so Jesus is not just God with skin on, but Jesus, he grows hungry, and he's tired, and so he goes to sleep. And when they pierce his hands with nails, he feels the flesh rip. And he feels all of the human emotion of a, even abandonment saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so Jesus is not just God with skin on. He fully exists as a human. He knows all of the emotions, all of our frailty, all of our ups and downs. And so our three heretics, Arius taught us that Jesus was just a created being. And the Council of Nicaea said, no, he is fully God. And the story has taught us that he was two persons. He was God and then with a human nature, and then he was Jesus with the man nature that kind of lived in one body. And uh, the council at Ephesus said, no, that's really dumb. He's one person with two natures. And then we get to Eutychus who says, look, he's just God with skin on. But John taught us that he was the word that was from the beginning. He was with God and was God, and that he became flesh. He didn't just put on a frame or put on, uh, put on a human body, but he became sarx. That's the Greek word for flex. He became like us. And so the, the response at Chalcedon was written by Pope Leo, and it's what's called in history his tome. It's a letter that he wrote um, that Chalcedon really clung to and that helped to describe what the church always believed about what is he, Christology, what is Jesus. And this is what uh, Pope Leo wrote. Without detriment, therefore, to the properties of either nature and substance, with the, which then came together in one person, so without detriment, therefore, to either one of the natures or the substance, they came together in one person, he said this, Majesty took on humility, strength, weakness. Eternity took on mortality. And for the paying off of the debt belonging to our condition, the inviolable nature was united with passable nature, so that as suited the needs of our cause, one and the same mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, could both die with the one and not die with the other. Thus, in the whole and perfect nature of true man was true God born, complete in what was his own, complete in what was ours." This came to be known as what the church called the hypostatic union or the hypostatic union, that the nature of humanity 
and the full deity, the nature of God, existed uh, in Christ Jesus. One person with these two natures fully and perfectly united. He's not, the, the councils wanted us to know, he's not a demigod. He's not God who had a child with a human that's kind of half God and half no. He's fully God, fully able to pay the debt of our sin, fully able to get up from the grave, fully able to bring you deliverance, and fully able to heal your sicknesses. And then on the other hand, he is fully man. He knows what it's like to be hungry, tired, lonely, to feel abandoned, to feel betrayed. He has felt all of the emotions and all of the sorrows, all of the temptations that we're tempted with, so that he is, one, able to fully relate to us, and two, he is able to fully forgive. He's able to fully substitute for us, to, to be our mediator between God and man. He is in the, in the womb of Mary, in the incarnation. He is fully God, divine, and fully like us. And so this morning, Christmas morning, uh, I hope you will meditate on the heretics and remember that what we learned from history is what he was not. He was not two people with two natures. He was not a created being. He was not just God with skin on. But John taught us in 114 that the eternal word, the word that has no beginning and has no end, that has always been, is with God in perfect communion and is God, shares the same substance and nature. That eternal word became flesh. He took on flesh, took on humanity and all of its hardships and he dwelt among us and in him we have seen glory. And so I pray you have a wonderful Christmas. I bless you in the name of Jesus. And we can't wait to see you next Sunday.